0: Welcome again to A Certain Sound, a podcast by Derek Seagraves. That's me, and I'll be your guide through this book. In the past, I've done some book reviews, or I intend to do even more book reviews, on things that would be edifying, things that I think you would benefit from. This is not that kind of book review. This is a book that has had a large, very large impact on Christianity, um, evangelicalism specifically, Uh, A lot of emergent churches, seeker-sensitive churches, have really latched on to this book because of the very bold promises that it makes about praying in a new and, and different way. And this book, The Circle Maker, was part of the impetus for my new audio program, Biblically Powerful Prayer. Biblically Powerful Prayer is kind of a response to a lot of the Gnostic stuff that's been taught about prayer that has gotten a lot of interest in recent years. This book, I think, is three years old. It is three years old. And um, it, it has not furthered, I don't believe, a biblical understanding of prayer. And that's what I wanted to deliver in my audio program, Biblically Powerful Prayer. I wanted to take you back to the Bible and show you that, yes, there is truly powerful prayer available to you. And there are ways to get there through the Bible not through a legend as this book takes us, or through man's thinking or logic, which the Bible speaks against, but through the Word of God, the inspired, preserved Word of God. Uh, That program is an audio program that I put together, Biblically Powerful Prayer. I just released it to the people on my newsletter. Uh, They all got a discount. I'm going to give you a discount on it also. The discount code is newsletter in small type. And that's because that's who, who got it first. That's who I sent it to first. And uh, I would love to give you the discount also because you are listening to this podcast. That's a huge deal. And I expect that you might share this podcast or certain episodes of this podcast with other people. So I just want to pay you back for that and, and say thank you. So you can go to com. That's P is in Papa, D is in Delta. Seagraves, spell just how it sounds. Water and dead folks, S-E-A-G-R-A v is in Victor E S. dot com, and you'll find Biblically Powerful Prayer there. It's a whole suite, and one of the things I'm excited about, and I'm going to do a lot more of this because I'm podcasting, is it's an audio program. There are there is an ebook that goes with it, there are some printouts that go with it. It's a whole suite of of things that you uh, you get there with Biblically Powerful Prayer, but the core of it is nine audio modules. Uh, nine sections in audio totaling almost two hours worth of teaching on what the Bible says will deliver powerful prayer. And the reason I chose audio, this is kind of a, a digression, but the reason I chose audio for this is because so often we buy books on subjects that we aspire to, like Bible study or prayer or fasting or any other way we want to grow ourselves as a person, as a Christian, We buy them with good intentions, and then we never really get into them, and we never really absorb what's in there. We might skim it. It might just sit on a shelf and look good. I didn't want that to happen to you with this subject, and so I recorded an audio program that is dense with Bible, scripture, and really, really powerful thoughts that I've collected over the years about prayer from the Bible. And so it's an audio program that you can listen to just like you're listening to this podcast. You can download it to your phone, to your laptop, to your tablet. It'll go to all those. You can listen to it just like you're listening to this. On the road, going to work, you can become a stronger prayer warrior. Um, While you're doing the dishes, while you're folding the laundry, anything that you can multitask in, listen to the, the audio program as you do it, there you go. So that's why I did that. And then also audio programs are easier to listen to again. They're easier to review again and again, and really get these principles under our skin, because prayer is extremely important. So once again, if you're interested in that, in my audio program, it's tdcgraves.com that you'll find it at, and your offer code, your special code, because you're listening to the podcast, is newsletter, all one word, lowercase. Now before we start, and somebody just says, Derek, you're being hateful, I want to give you two verses. Because we, as people of God, are given not only the liberty, but a mandate, a order from heaven to judge things as we bring them into our lives and as we share them with others. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, to study, to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. The word of truth, obviously being there, the Bible, we need to divide and apply and and use the word of truth, that Bible, in a way that does not make us ashamed, going backwards through the verse, when we meet God. Further, in 2 Timothy 4.2, it encourages us to preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering, and doctrine. Talking about the word of God, again, and now talking about doctrine and upholding it. And there's a doctrine that comes with prayer, and there are doctrines that are not of God, that are taught in some places. The simple breakdown for the book, The Circle Maker, is this. An author has proposed a new idea, a new element to prayer to add to the prayers that you have prayed in the past, to supercharge them, if you'd allow me to use that kind of auto-motor sports analogy. He wants to add extra oomph to your prayer, and he believes that you can do it through circle-making. He calls it, and these are his words, a new way to pray. And I want to give you a little bit of a disclaimer. Everyone who read this book is not marked or suspect or my enemy because I read the book. You can read a book and reject it. Sometimes you read books just to take a better aim at their ideas when we're knocking them out of the air. So everybody who read this book, if you read this book and you enjoyed it, that's fine. You're not marked. You're not suspect. We're not enemies. I'm, I'm not trying to put anybody back on their heels with this. I am trying. What I'd really like to deliver here is critical thinking and action. I'd like to show um, how we can look at an idea and then evaluate it against what we really know and weigh an idea and find whether it's good for us or find, or find it lacking. So everybody who read this book is not marked, they're not suspect, they're not against me. And if you have referred this book, that's fine. If you've referred this book to other people, that's fine. Maybe because you liked it, maybe because it was motivational, uh, maybe just because you read some great reviews about it, or somebody else that you respect told you it was a good idea or a neat book. That's okay, too. You acted with the information that you had at that time. What I'm doing here is I'm delivering my personal issues with this book. And you are welcome to disagree. And in fact, if you would like to disagree with me in conversation, if you would like to raise some what ifs or and buts, go ahead and hit me on Twitter. My username there is S. Papa Derek D-E-R-R-I-C-K-S. And you can hit me on Twitter or you could email me at hello at pdcgraves.com. Same URL as, as what I gave you for Biblically Powerful Prayer. So you can interact with me there. You're welcome to, to tell me how wrong I am or, or why you think I uh, was too harsh. One other disclaimer. I want to say thank you to beginningandend.com. I did not have a copy of the book with me when I was making these show notes, and so I went and looked over their article. Great article there. Kudos to them. And I was able to get some page numbers for some quotes out of that article. So great job to them. Now, my problem with the circle maker, I'm just going to, I've got an outline here, I'm just going to go over my problems with the circle maker and explain them to you, and, and you can tell me whether you think they're valid or not. But the, my major problem, right off the bat, is that the germ of the idea, circle making, the very start, the, the tiniest little beginning of it, is a character named Honai, who is not in the Bible. This is not a Bible story, and he's never referred to in Scripture. He is completely out of left field. Honai's writings were around, or his story was around in the first century, very, very early, very early Christianity. If you want to say that Honai was a Christian, I'm not sure you can say that. But Honai was very early, and his writings honestly could have been adapted into Scripture, I believe, if they were worth keeping in Scripture, had they been inspired. But that is not the case. We do not have those, this, this character, this story in the Bible. You've got to go outside of the inspired and preserved Word of God to even find this guy. And that is the biggest red flag for me. Extra-biblical sources, sources that are outside the Bible, are always suspect with me. Because we have some things established in Scripture. We have confidence in Scripture. And when you go outside of those for your authority, for your ideas, and then you read them back into Scripture, or you just don't use Scripture at all. The name of Jesus is used, I think, three times in the whole book. You're not scripturally based at all. Um, That is extremely suspect to me. And it always is. It is in writing. It's extremely suspect to me uh, when, when I hear preaching, when people are preaching from legends or they're preaching from analogies that have nothing to do with the Bible, and then they go back and try and tie in the Bible somewhere. These things are, are huge red flags to me. And I would think that a Bible-believing Christian, a scripture-first Christian, would, would also agree and say that's a huge red flag. And so that is my biggest problem. But I went ahead and read it, and I found these other problems. And and one of the others is that it's very much like the prosperity gospel, in the sense that it's very me-centered. It's very self-centered. It's very humanistic. The book, again and again, talks about how you can get what you want by praying in this special way. And I'm paraphrasing there, but I think I'm doing the book justice. What you want, your greatest heart's desires, your dreams, dreams are used all throughout the book, that phrase, that ubiquitous, undefined term, your dreams is used throughout the book. It's very, very self-centered. He says this, he says this, and, and maybe this is a bit of a, maybe this is a bit of a rampart against that kind of criticism on the book. He does say, and this is a quote, Your job is not to crunch numbers and make sure the will of God adds up. But that quote is not the same thing as saying your job is to submit to the will of God. See, we pray, and we pray for things we want. That's great. I talk about how you can pray and be effective and pray appropriate prayers in the audio program I talked to you about earlier in this. But that is not the same thing as being submitted. And the Jesus model of prayer conflicts with that idea very much. The self-centered prayers conflicts with the Jesus model of praying, which is found in Matthew 6, where Jesus says, not my will, but yours be done. My next problem with the book, my next problem with the book is summed up wonderfully in the author's own words, and this is a quote, if you draw the circle, God will multiply the miracles in your life. Now let me rephrase that. If you make this symbol God will definitely make supernatural things in your life. That sounds like magic symbols of power and tokens of blessing to me. And it's not supported in the least by the Bible. It's sister to witchcraft. Draw this rune and power will be given to you. Take on this blessed sacrament or this token and you will be lucky or blessed or or some other miracle will happen to you. And it's really sad to me that people would, would read that and, and not just reject it immediately, but throughout the Christian movement at large, again, mostly evangelicals and seeker-sensitive or charismatic churches that have accepted this are, are setting themselves up for failure. That's a term used in Alcoholics Anonymous, setting yourself up for failure. It's it's used along with the idea that alcoholics who are trying to recover, trying to get their life back together, should not go into bars. And Christians who are trying to see the will of God should not set themselves up for failure, trying to use tactics that will definitely guarantee blank when the will of God, the sovereignty of God... Remember, He's God and we're not. The sovereignty of God and His wisdom, His foresight... His all-powerful, omnipresent self is never even considered, but my little finite mind is going to, to take a hold of this symbol or this action and, and force God to, to do things for me. It's, it's a huge problem when you step over that aspect of God into self-centered and humanistic styles of, of worship and interaction with God. Further, another problem I have with the book is that the, uh, the only real Bible story that he uses in the book, and you're probably already thinking of it, you probably got there before I did, is Joshua and the Israelites marching around Jericho. And um, I'm not sure that they marched in a circle. I'm, I'm not sure that they built cities in perfect circles back then. It's probably more like a rectangle or a square. But maybe they marched in a circle. In any case, he's over-applying the promise of God to Joshua and the Israelites. See, not everything that happened in the Bible, not everything that was promised in the Bible to individuals, applies to us. And of course you know that. You know that you don't need to read about Noah being told to make an ark, and then you go make an ark. And you know that you don't need to build a temple just because Solomon was commanded to. But why would we apply that now? Why would an author do this now? with Joshua. Well, it's because he's gone out of the Bible, got a neat idea, and now he's trying to bring it in, and the only place you find people moving in circles, like he suggests, possibly, is Joshua and the Israelites. And it is a miracle victory. But it's not used. Joshua's marching around a city is not used like this author is suggesting we use circles in this book. See, in this book, circles are a tool. They are a supercharger to our prayers. If, if you believe this doctrine that's being preached about prayer through this book and these resources, then you would say, well, you know, standing in a circle or moving in a circle, walking in a circle is going to automatically give more oomph to my prayers, give more emphasis, get more attention for my wants and needs. But that's not what Joshua and the Israelites did with this promise. God promised to them Jericho will fall this way. They acted on it, and then they never did it again. Joshua didn't even think that this was some sort of magic talisman or, or symbolic, powerful gesture that he could use again and again. Why would we, thousands of years later, think that that was now applicable to us? As Dr. Daniel Seagraves would say, I got to take his course and at CLC, as he would say, context, context, context. You've got to look at the context of Scripture when you read something like that. We can get all excited about what one Scripture says and not realize that it's being said about somebody else, or even it's being said in a negative sense, or the way we read it in today's language is not at all how they meant it in that day. We've got to stick to the context. And, and that story is ripped entirely out of its context and, and fashioned into something that the Bible scholar would not even recognize. Here's two more quotes. And this is getting a little deeper into the theology of the book. The circle maker on page 21 says, Prayers are prophecies. That is a bold statement. Further, again on page 21, It says, you are only one prayer away from a dream fulfilled, a promise kept, or a miracle performed. Prayers are prophecies. It takes one more prayer for you to realize what it is that you want. Bold claims. Don't tell David that when he was praying for his son who died. Don't tell Jesus that who prayed, Let this cup pass from me. No, I don't think that we can say that. I don't think we can say that prayers are prophecies or that only one prayer is the difference between you getting what it is you want, your dream fulfilled, your promise kept, or a miracle performed. Maybe Jesus should have drawn a circle around himself before he sweat blood. This is such a terrible idea that anybody is a prophet if they pray. And I'm not putting words in his mouth. That's exactly what he said. uh, Prayers are prophecies. And then he went on to define what he means, that you are one prayer away from a dream fulfilled, a promise kept, or a miracle performed. So you've got the book, go look it up on page 21, highlighted in red. Mark it. Because that alone should just make it revolting to you. This idea that everyone who prays is speaking prophetic words that must come. I'm not going out into left field. These are, he's equating prayer to prophecy. Your prayers, which are manufactured, made out of the want and desire of your heart, out of the need that you see, it's, it's, prayers come from you, unless they're inspired by the Holy Ghost. Prophecies are God speaking through men. Prophecies originate with God. And I know that you know you're not. But to say something like this is extremely motivational, it's inspiring, sure, to some, but it's also dangerous, setting us up for failure. Page 10 of the Circle Maker says, With the authority of the prophet of Elijah, who called down fire from heaven, Honai called down rain.
1: If you don't know
0: the legend, Honai is a prophet in the legend during a drought. And he prays, and nothing happens, so he draws a circle, and he makes a stand against God and says, I will stay here, well, that's in my next quote, but I'm going to stay here until you do what I want you to. And it's, it's taken in this book as a very inspirational thing, but I, I don't see that in the tone of it. It seems like a rebellious thing. But never mind what it seems like. In the legend, he, he prays, stays in the circle, and God does, in fact, give rain in the legend, and it's a torrent. And then Honai corrects God. says, no, I wanted a gentle rain. And God bends to the will of his man. So page 10 of the Circle Maker says this again. With the authority of the prophet Elijah, who called down fire from heaven, Honai called down rain. Old legends, however old they are, do not equate with inspired scripture. They are not the same as our Bible. That's the first thing we need to know. First thing we need to realize. And so he's trying to tie Honi to Elijah, but Elijah's in the Bible, and Honi is not. And I understand why he would want to invoke actual prophets from the Bible. And that reason is because he's clearly outside of the Bible. Further, on page 157, here's another quote. It says, his inspiration, speaking of Honi, his inspiration for the prayer circle was Habakkuk. He simply did what the prophet Habakkuk had done. And then he he seems to quote scripture here, and it says, I will stand upon my watch and station me within a circle. Now the book would lead you to believe, it doesn't give any reference, by the way, where in Habakkuk that quote would be found. But it seems to give the impression that this is quoting Habakkuk. Now you can't give reference for it, because it's not in the Bible. It's extremely misleading. In fact, I'd call it an out-and-out lie that this is a quote from Habakkuk. He never says that in any version of the Bible. Can you find that phrase? This author has added to the Bible, has literally said the Bible says things it doesn't. Colossians 2.8 says, it is found in the Bible, that we should beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the traditions of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. That is in the Bible, that we should beware lest anybody try and do this to us. Why would a pastor base an entire book and teaching on prayer, one of the most important aspects of our Christian walk, on a non-biblical source? I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know why we need a new way to pray. Maybe because without the Holy Ghost, prayers are powerless. Maybe because he realizes some churches are seeing miracles, but his is not. But I don't know why we need a new way to pray. Jesus already told us how we should pray. The disciples were wise enough to ask him while he still walked the earth, and he gave them an example. And He gave them more than that example. He gave him his words then, but then he gave them examples in practice how he prayed for hours, went off to be alone. These are the kind of things that we should be studying out of the Bible. We should want biblical prayers, and to see powerful prayers from the Bible, not, not outside sources. And this idea that it's a new way to pray is actually also not true. So Habakkuk never says that he would stand upon his watch and station me within a circle. He never says that in any version of the Bible. Go find the Message Bible. It's not in there. And, in fact, this is not a new way to pray. Now, I don't know his sources. He, he doesn't give us these sources. I don't know his sources for this book, where he encountered the legend of Honai, or if he encountered prayer circles outside of the legend of Honai, and then tracked it back there and wrote his book. I don't know where he encountered this idea, but it's not a new idea. The idea that drawing a circle praying within a circle, moving in a circle, would somehow give you spiritual power, specifically power in prayer. I'd like to read you another quote. This is not in the book The Circle Maker. This is from The Pagan's Path, which is a Wicca source, Wiccan, witchcraft source. Here's what they say. Most witches consider their spiritual space to be their magical circle, A magic circle is a space where a witch will conduct rituals and ceremonies. It is the gateway between worlds, spiritual and physical realms come together and allow you to communicate with spirit, conduct spiritual work, rituals, ceremonies, and castings. That gives me goosebumps. I don't even like being around that stuff. I know we've got the power of the Holy Ghost, but I do not like even reading that. But I think it's important that we see that this is not a new idea, that is a very old idea. 1 Timothy 4.1 says, Now the spirit speaketh expressly, that in the later times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. One of the most popular witchcraft books ever written cites the same legend of Honai, this Honai the Circle Maker story. And it's written by Silver Ravenwolf, and I'm not suggesting you go out and buy her book. I'm, I'm not suggesting that you start studying Wiccan practices at all. But I, I did do some digging. And not only does Ravenwolf cite the same story in extremely great detail, she even gives instructions for a spell by following Honai's example. Ravenwolf suggests that Honai was actually a sorcerer, who was kind of play-acting at being a part of the established religion of the area. And she is very comfortable, very confident, taking this circle-making and applying it to her followers and her own witchcraft. Further, just to throw out some other resources, a prayer circle in Hinduism is called a mandala, and it's used for the exact same purpose that we find in the circle maker to amplify the effect of one's prayers. Native Americans, here in the Northwest, where I grew up, pray inside of a medicine wheel. And they do all over the country, but I'm familiar with it here. And the witchcraft here is extremely strong. And they use a medicine wheel, a circle that they stand in to pray, or move through to pray. Druids. we want to go way back. Druids prayed inside a sacred circle. They would make a circle out of stones, Some would say that they would draw a circle. Not a whole lot is known about Druids, but it is known that they used circles for prayers. And so, with all of this, the extra-biblical source, the adding to Scripture, the starting with an idea outside of the Bible and trying to read it into the Bible, and then the history of this idea, and I'm not saying that he's trying to bring in witchcraft to the Church, I'm not saying that he is affected or influenced by Wiccan culture or writings, but I am saying what he is doing is extremely similar to what has been done in witchcraft all over the world. With all of those under our hats now, in between our ears now, with all of those risen to our attention, those red flags waving, I do not believe that we could continue, if if we ever have, Supporting this author, or referring this book to other people. I'd like to end this by quoting Tim Chalice, a very fair reviewer of books. Not somebody uh, given to blasting people online, but in his review of this book, in my study, he says this. So much of what he teaches is subbiblical, extra-biblical, or just plain unbiblical. Once again, my doors are open. If you want to interact with me on the subject, or even just the subject of prayer, email me at hello at p is in papa, d is in delta, Seagraves spelled just how it sounds, s e a g r a v as in Victor e s dot com. Hello at pdcgraves dot com. Email me there or tweet me at p d e r r i c k s p derrick s that's my handle on Twitter. It's also my handle on Instagram if you want to follow me there or give me a shout out there. i want to put up a photo of Biblically Powerful Prayer there, the uh, the cover for it, for that audio program that I just released to the public. One more time, if you go to pdcgraves.com and use the code NEWSLETTER, all lowercase, all one word, you can buy my newly released audio program, audio suite really. It's got a sermon on prayer from Kenneth Haney with full permission given to me to help promote the program with that. And uh, I think it'll be a benefit to you if you are wanting to grow in your spiritual walk in this way. Have a blessed one. Do please reach out. Tell me what you think I got wrong. Tell me what you think I got right. Let's talk about it. And uh, I'm going to try and be a little more consistent with these podcasts, even if I have to go it alone like I just did. God bless.